You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, it's been an eventful uh, few days for the Islanders. Uh, three losses, one goal, and one trade. Imagine that. It's only, it's only been a few days since we talked, but boy, a lot has gone on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... the uh... The best part of it is that the one goal came from the guy that wasn't on the team the last time we, or was cause of him. He didn't end up scoring it, but uh, yeah, Andy Green, offensive defenseman as an Islander, at least so far. <laughs> yeah, offensive fire starter, as I, as I said. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a lot <laughs> he about actually, he, he actually looked like the most dangerous for the like defenseman at least for for a little while there. Yeah. Like he he just he's pretty efficient, just got it to the net. But yeah, otherwise it's it's, it's just a mess. Yeah, it, it's definitely a mess. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Andy Green in our second half, who is the newest Islander. Actually, a trade went down, and uh, he looked pretty good today in uh, their game against the Coyotes. But uh, we really need to start with there are three losses in a row now. It's the first three-game losing streak under Barry Trotz that the Islanders have had, and it could not come at a worse time. <laughs> They're battling with like three or four other teams for you know a couple of playoff spots here. Uh, the Caps are losing as we speak, but they were coming back, so we don't know how that's going to work out. But uh, the, when we last spoke, they they had picked up a huge win against the LA King, uh, against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, excuse me, and things were looking great. They'd beaten the Caps and Flyers in consecutive days. We're heading out on the road. They couldn't have been looking better. Well, they lost five nothing in Nashville, and very much like the game that they played against the Predators at the Coliseum, every Nashville chance ended up 
being a goal. Uh, Thomas Grice ended up getting pulled. Uh, they had plenty of chances to score in the first. The Islanders did, and they never did. Craig Smith had a hat trick. Once again, the Islanders very generous, giving out first career hat tricks. Um, and that was all she wrote. It was 5 nothing. Nothing happened in the third period. And uh, they were it, – it was bad. So then they go into Vegas, and – this is one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Matt Barzell and Simeon Varlamov were great. Every other Islander was terrible. Josh Bailey has played how many games for the Islanders? It was like eight hundred something. <laughs> yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's he's going to be. We'll be giving him a silver stick in like in a season and a half. I think he's played, and I'm not. I'm not singling him, singling him out because everybody besides Barzell and Varlamov were terrible. But yeah, Josh Bailey's played eight hundred and fifty four games for the Islanders, and. That game in Vegas might have been the worst one he's ever played. He's played some phenomenal games for the Islanders. That was not one of them. He was terrible. They were terrible. And the fact that it was one nothing is only due to Varlamov. He was phenomenal. They put a, together a little tiny push in the third period to kind of maybe tie it up and get it to overtime. But by that point, it was too late. They were outshot 43 to 19. Like it was a, it was bad. And I mean, to get shut out two games in a row, is just a terrible, terrible look. And so they roll into Glendale this today for an afternoon matinee against the Coyotes and look like a team on a mission. I honestly thought they played pretty well, um, but they lost two to one. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier finally broke the drought uh, about midway through the third period uh, off a, a point shot from Andy Green, of all people. And it looked like they could have tied it up maybe late. They The third period was all Islanders, really, but... Uh, you know, right now this team cannot score. The top six can't score, and the bottom six has not, will not score. Period, and that's the problem right now. You got a snake bit top half and a bottom half that just doesn't score, and it is the worst possible time that this could have happened. And it's incredibly frustrating to watch. I mean, uh, you you watched all these games. I mean, how how did you feel? Well, they're all different, but I mean, again, at the end of the day, they all ended up kind of being the same thing. Yeah, it's really frustrating because. You, like you, like you were saying, like you, there's really only two lines that can score. If Matt Martin and, and Leo Komarov had a cu- good couple of games last week, we were kind of singing their praises. But you can't rely on those two, especially without uh, like a natural pivot between them for any offense. So, like against the Coyotes and the Knights, it would basically be okay. Barzell's on the ice. We have th- 45 seconds to score here. He doesn't. He th- th- tried as much as he could. He was so good against Vegas try as hard as he could he doesn't score that means we got to wait like another two and a half minutes basically before another chance because he's the only one who was able to do anything in that game especially in against the coyotes it was a little different i think uh uh there was at least a little bit more jam i guess in the in the second line and uh the, the third line like it's the frustrating thing was they look so good with bellows and brassard and dal cole and and i think you don't know obviously that's a one game thing but it just it it put everybody into the right spot, at least in, in, in that line. And now, now we're trying to wedge Ross Johnston back in the lineup. It's like we, we had Kunakal in against the Coyote, I mean, the, the Predators, I think, right? It was five, that 5 nothing game. Mm, and, yeah. I mean, he was terrible. That, like, it's just the bottom six at right now has nothing, like just nothing. There's just not, nothing to inspire any sort of confidence in you. Um, Ross Johnson, I think, like – is a limited player. He's, he's decent at, at in like eight minutes being like a Ryan Reeves type. Cause I think he's got a little bit more of a ceiling than like Reeves, but, and, but if you're relying on him to be the third line, kind of like the, the third line forward, it's just not going to work. If he's playing with 
a playmaker like Derek Broussard, it's not going to work. But it's and it's nobody's real. It's not Ross Johnson's fault that he's put there. It's not Barry Trotz's fault that he that Ross Johnson is like the best option for that spot because the the team just is they've treaded water. It's actually you have to look at it through two lenses, right? You got you can be frustrated right now that they might be squandering um, what was a very promising start to a season, or you can look at it as like I can't believe that this team has basically got this far and is playing relevant games this deep into the season and are buyers at the trade deadline with this roster. And and, and it, it's it's unbelievable. And you got to like, I think Anders Lee and Jordan Everly and Matt Barzell, like that line, they were really good today. But at some point, like you're going to need to mix things up and get tried other combinations because it just becomes a little too, too stagnant. And the problem is the Islanders can't do that because you can't say, all right, like, We'll bump Everly down to the second line. We'll move this guy up here, but that because that guy would be Ross Johnston or Tom Kunako. Like you can't do that anymore. It's just the games mean too much. Every shift means too much, um, and it just showed. Like it was so frustrating to watch today because you just knew like that 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 shot that by Taves that was reviewed and not in. Like it's just there. There was no question. Like of course it's not going in because the Islanders can't score. It's it's almost impossible for them to score. Every goal is a minor miracle right now. Uh, that Beauvillier goal was a miracle. Like Andy Green to Anthony Beauvillier on a tip from like the face-off dot, miracle. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's super frustrating because it could be, um, because, it, and the other thing is they fixed one of the issues. Like for all the good Noah Dobson did, like I think he's, um, he kind of got found out a little bit in the past couple of games. He's playing on his offside. Uh, so it's just, he's, it's a, that's a big jump for a 20 year old guy to make. And um Andy Green is is perfect, like a perfect fit for to kind of stabilize the the D. But now you just there's one glaring weakness still, and we gotta you gotta just figure it out. There's really nothing else you can do. Hopefully, um, this game I think this game was a step in the right direction. But I mean, you can't moral victories in in February are those are for teams like the Jack Capuano and uh, Doug Wade and Scott Gordon Islanders. Like that that's what those things are for. Like this this is a different era. Two points or bust at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's it was not. I mean, again, I agree with you a hundred percent on what you just said. They uh, they definitely looked better today, and in a couple of cases, had the most uh, had the better of play, particularly in the third period. I, I'm not for nothing, but I'm calling shenanigans a little bit on the off ice officials at the the Coyotes Gila River Arena because I don't know. It certainly didn't feel like the Coyotes were out shooting the Islanders to the degree that they were credited for in that game because. I mean, I, I swear they, they spent two-thirds of the – or maybe three-quarters of the second period in the Coyote zone, and I'm looking up, and I'm like, how do they have 16 shots? I don't – I guess they were they were closer to the net, more high-danger chances, but it just didn't feel right. But in any event, um, they were they were better today, and at least today – or, you know, Monday's game, I should say – they had two two offensive lines working pretty well. Uh, the the Beauvillier Nelson and today it was uh, it was Bailey. It started out Bellows and then eventually went to Bailey. And of course the Barzell uh, Lee Eberly line had the most dangerous chances by far. And actually had I think Andrew Gross wrote before season high uh, uh, times on ice. They each had around twenty four minutes of ice time, and so they were out there a lot. But they had to be because I thought the same thing you did. Like whenever they weren't on the ice. The Islanders were just send out guys, and I'm just like, yeah, all right, well, when are we getting to Barzell again? Barzell's, I think his last shift was probably about two and a half or three minutes long, and they couldn't get him off the ice because they, they needed him out there. And it's right now, even with, let's say, Casey Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck were healthy and were in their normal spots, 
that's still not a line that generates a ton of offense. <laughs> you know, Casey Zizekas, again, has had he's had a 20 goal season last year. He's close to what has he got, like 14 now this year. So, like, he's a guy that can score a little bit, but that's not their main job. And they know it and they play like it and they do their job when they're out there. But two of those guys are hurt now. And so they're replaced by Leo Komarov, who is not a center. We've been over this already. And Ross Johnson, who, like you said, in small doses is fine. By the way, that fight with Reeves. I mean, I know it's fun and all, but like, come on, dude! <laughs> Seriously, we're doing this. Apparently, like, like uh, he he asked him Reeves to fight, and Reeves was like, I don't know, and he was like, you know, Tyson Fury's here, and Reeves was like, okay, let's go, and then they just fought because Tyson Fury was, Jesus. you know, <laughs> that's what I read. I don't know, it sounds kind of crazy, but uh, you know, there's just half of this team right now that can't score, and and what the funny thing is, you know, Broussard is fine for what he is. And I thought Michael Doc Cole had a very effective game today against the Coyotes. Yeah. He, he was really good today. He was, but he ain't going to score like just how it is. And it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, this was the better of the, of the three of them. I, mean, I don't want to talk too much about the coyote, the uh, predators or Vegas game, because they were both busts that, that predators game. It was uh, the first two periods were a carbon copy of the one in the, at the Coliseum. Every time, you know, the Islanders would have, five minutes of shots and then they would turn around or it was five minutes of zone time and they'd turn around and the Coyotes would score. And this time it was just Craig Smith every time. I don't even want to talk about it. Grice got pulled. It was bad. If they meet the Predators in the Stanley Cup final, I'll worry about it then. Uh, and then the game against Vegas, they were trash. Holy cow. And, and I know exactly what everybody's thinking because I was thinking the same thing. I stayed up to one o'clock in the morning to watch this. Seriously? This is what I stayed up for? You couldn't even get me an overtime point, honestly. But uh, so that those are pretty bad. But today, you know, it was a step in the right direction. And maybe when they play Colorado on Wednesday, they can put, they beat the avalanche once they can keep up with them. Uh, they're very good. The avalanche, they did lose in the, uh, the um, stadium series game to the Kings now. So they can be had a little bit, um, but it's just not going to get any easier. And right now you got a bunch of teams breathing down their neck. They're, they have the same amount of points as the blue jackets, but they have two more games played the hurricanes flyers. They're all right behind them. They're losing ground on the penguins. And so, you know, offensive droughts are going to happen, but boy, this is just bad. I know it's the third time I've said this now, but boy, this could not have happened at a worse time. They just, you know, these guys and Arthur Stable had a nice article the other day at the athletic. A lot of these top guys, it goes for both D, which is explains the Andy green trade and on at forward, they have just logged so many minutes and carried this team for so long because of the deficiencies of other players that the wear and tear is just starting to show. And they're just not getting the same bounces and the same kinds of, of performances that they had been getting when they were winning. And it's very tough and it's making this last, whatever, how many games left? 25 games. It's making them very, mm-hmm. very tense. <laughs> I don't like it one damn bit. There you go. It's uh, yeah, for, they bought themselves such a, a nice little bit of time with that win over the flyers, especially doing it in regulation where you do, you know, that, that like you're saying, that was a week ago. It wasn't, was a week ago tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday. So, it's just amazing how different, you know, three games can just make you feel. And it's so, it's so, it's so bizarre, especially because after that Flyers game, all I was thinking was the Islanders need to find a way to get a save. If they can start getting saves and they keep playing like they are, they're going to be fine. And then they started getting saves, not in the Predators game, but in the night against the Knights, especially like that was probably the best goaltending performance the Islanders have seen this season. And it carried into this game. So like it, 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 all of a sudden you're like, all right, like this team is built to take advantage of great goaltending and it didn't. And that's what's, that's another frustrating thing. You let up Simeon Varlamov let up three goals in two games and got zero points for it. It's, it's, uh, it's just not, it's not. And, and there's nothing like, there's nothing you could 
do because like none of this it's no individual's fault these guys just aren't they don't have like the, the lightning went out and got blake coleman the other day and, and blake coleman is a 20 goal scorer and the islanders just don't and he's going to play in the third line for the lightning or wherever some either he'll play in the third line or he'll bump another 20 goal scorer down to the third line the islanders third line today had michael dalcole i think he's got six career goals Kiefer Bellows, who, you know, who maybe he becomes a decent, you know, Blake Coleman kind of goal scorer and, and Broussard. And it's, it's, and then behind them were Kamarov Martin and, and Ross Johnson, who prep combined probably have less than 10 goals on the year. It's just, you, you're not going to be able to, to do, uh, to do anything with that kind of bottom half of the lineup. And it's, and the stress that it's going to put on the top guys, like people are, I mean, you can be mad at Anders Lee and Jordan Everly. And whoever else on that top six, Josh Bailey, who, who, like you said, was really, really bad the other night, like, really unbailey like game too. turning yeah. pucks over. I, I, I used to be able to be like, if Josh Bailey has a puck, it's usually fine. Like the, he won't, he's not going to shoot, but he's not going to turn the puck over at the blue line. Cause he's a smart dude. Um, not anymore. And, uh, or at least in that game, but, uh, the, like the, the Islanders, people are getting mad at those guys. And, and you can be frustrated that Anders Lee isn't banking these scoring chances that he's had like Barzell him and Everly all created a lot today uh but you can't it's really if Anders the teams are built good teams are built that if if Anders Lee if Patrick Hornquist isn't going to score those uh you know gimme goals guess who is Brian Rust or Evgeny Malkin like that's what good teams are so the fact that the Islanders don't have that kind of depth really just puts so much of a burden on those top six guys and it and when they all go cold, like the team's going to go cold, or they're going to need a miracle goaltending performance, and they got it. And they just they couldn't take advantage of it. And um, yeah, there's this, there's and and another frustrating thing is too that if the Islanders did have one more scorer, it would it would really, especially if he was a center, it would really ease the burden and put people where they should be throughout the lineup. If you think about it, because then you can move Broussard to the wing and Bailey down to the third line, and if this hypothetical. Uh, you know, new player, new goal scorer can play plays third center. Like you have a a serviceable and a good top nine. So it's it's the Islanders are so close, but if the the, the more points that they go without fixing an issue, uh, like they they're getting dangerously close to uh to to like just blowing this all up. And I'm, one one thing, and I know we're gonna talk about the trade later. Is uh <clears throat> one of the big the big takeaways for me was like this isn't tra- like trading for Rob Davison or, <laughs> and then not doing anything. Like this is, this was a, the Islanders have once, how, how often have the Islanders went out and got a rental kind of player like this? And where it was like a, an actual like statement of, all right, no, we're in this, we're going to pay a, a premium and, and, and be involved. So if you're going to do that, it would be, that would just be a half measure if they stop there. So that's why I'm confident that it's going to happen, but boy, we're just getting really, really close to it being uh, almost too late. Yeah. Uh, the scariest thing about today's game, I thought, was at the end when Barry Trotz was talking with Shannon Hogan and he was like, you know, maybe we'll get Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Zekas back in a few weeks. <laughs> and I was like, a few weeks, you know, and it just all of a sudden I was like, any any good feelings out of that game I took just went away immediately. So Zekas is de- most definitely a few weeks, but, you know, I was hoping that Clutterbuck would be back. I, I was hoping he, when he said Clutterbuck, he was going to say, when we get back to New York or by the end of the week. But he didn't, and so yeah, they're getting dangerously close to it, it being too late. I, I agree. It's, it's um, it's so, 
I, I mean, I don't even know how to put it. Like the, the lack of depth is really something that has just come back to bite them. And I mean, it's not like we can sit here and be like, oh yeah, we always kind of knew it was going to happen because for a lot of this, for a third of the season, that that depth was working. You know, it wasn't so long ago that Derek Broussard was lighting it up next to <laughs> Brock Nelson and, and Anthony Beauvillier and everybody we thought was kind of in the right spot. But for the first time really under Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello, this team is dealing with injuries and they just don't have the depth to pull it out. And I want to call up... um. A, a tweet that um so carrie our friend carrie haber was tweeting after the game about you know the lack of depth and uh a mutual friend of ours adam gretz who writes for nbc sn he, he's a, a penguins focused guy mostly but he brought up a good point he wrote that when the penguins had zero third and fourth line depth players between 2010 and 2015 they could barely get out of the first round with with crosby and malkin so it's like that's part of the problem their best guys can't carry a team Every single game, it's just gonna, they're going to go cold at some point, even guys like that. So, I mean, if if a team with Crosby and Malkin and bad depth players can't get, you know, can, I mean, obviously that's enough to carry a team to the playoffs. But like, how does that team going to go with, you know, Anders Lee and, and and Matt Barzell? Like they're good players, but they're not Malkin Crosby level players. So it's just it kind of come home to roost a little bit. Um, but that being said, there is time to fix this. Uh, Kiefer Bellows has gone basically cold. He, he was sort of noticeable for the first period today, and then after that I didn't see him. I don't think he played that much today, honestly, um, which, again, is something that a, tr- a coach is going to do. I think the lines today were really, aside from those first two, kind of get got shuffled around a lot. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you said it. Like, without with those – with those guys on the bottom couple of lines, it's going to be rough. And even when they have good games, it's just it's it's not going to be enough. It's just not who they are. And so they need to get go and get guys get, that are going to help them. The Bellows, too, is like we know who Barry Trotz is. And <clears throat> you really have to earn every minute of ice time with him, which is great. Like it it's, it holds everybody accountable. Uh, it's it's he's a he, Barry has earned so much trust from the fan base. It's you want to get mad at him for for dressing Tom Kunakel. Go right ahead, but uh, he, he. What the problem was that he doesn't. You can tell he just doesn't trust Bellows with with a big enough role yet. So what, yeah, sure. The, he had a great game against the Kings, but what happened? What was, what was? How was that game script? The Islanders were down early. They needed goals, so who played? It was Keeper Bellows, like and and, and his goal scores in a game against uh, Vegas that was tight. Or, I'm sorry, not Vegas, Arizona. It was tightly checked. Um, kind of one more goal either way could could have swung the game. Bellows was a little less noticeable because you know it's just not the game's just not going to be as open. The Islanders aren't going to play the type of game that suits him. Uh, so it, his his Bellows's presence in the lineup in this kind of game just doesn't isn't going to have an effect. And the problem is the Islanders are going to be in these kind of games a lot. So it's uh, it's he's as great as it is to have a guy who can shoot shoot the puck and score and has some some scoring instincts on a third line rather than a guy who's trying to fight Ryan Reeves in, in the first, uh, you know, 10 seconds of the game because the, heavy, the lineal heavyweight champion of the world is in the building. Like, it, it, it makes it, it's nice, but it's just not, he's not going to be a needle mover. Um, no. And if it's, it is a domino effect big time too. Like it, it put it not having that puts more strain on Kamarov who, who, like we said, was good uh, up until he was forced into playing center Today he, I mean, he was he had a really bad shift uh, that led to that second goal. That pretty much needless icing. The Islanders lead the league in in needless icings that end up in the back of their own net. And it was another one. Him and Boychuk are probably one and two in that in that category. Um, yeah. And and like he just, it's just not, it's not getting. I don't, know, you know, at this point we can keep saying it in in a in hundred different ways, but uh, the team needs help. And 
it's it, like, there is time and and it is ex- it's it's exciting too like like i said like the islanders are have in my lifetime have rarely been in this position where you know if they go get someone who knows like it, it can make a huge difference cuz it when when Broussard was playing that that uh right wing spot with uh, and granted they had excuse me they had uh, clutterbuck and Suzuki in that lineup uh it made a huge difference the islanders were were rolling for a long time there uh and so it's like you, you I think it was uh ND Red Eagle on Twitter today was like if you get one player in here it makes a world of difference because it puts guys it just gives you so much more roster flexibility uh cuz it can you can move a guy up here and move a guy down there that it, that deserve you know that are true third line players or a true li- second line player rather than a uh a second line player playing on the first line or a third line player playing on the second line which uh, the Islanders are kind of doing right now, um, and then they also dress like six six line players. But uh, the <laughs> it's it's just it's not it's it's not in our hands. And like uh, let's just hope you know. Hopefully, it's the next time we talk in in a week from now. Uh, let's just hope there's there are some reinforcements. Yeah, well, that's a good place to stop. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about uh, the trade deadline. That's a week from now. Talk about the trade the Islanders made and talk about a guy who they won't be trading for because he just got traded just as we started talking. Okay, come back with us in one minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. VintageIceHockey.com is our sponsor where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos, Long Island Ducks, New York Golden Blades, New York Rovers. Uh, the latest one are the Spokane Flyers. Uh, if you're from Spokane, Washington, there you go. Spokane Flyers. Uh, you can get a shirt right there. VintageIceHockey.com. Use the code Lighthouse15 to save 15% off your order. You can also buy one of our Lighthouse Hockey Al Arbor t-shirts there. If you buy a Lighthouse Hockey t-shirt or you use the Lighthouse Hockey code, our portion goes right to the, Demen- the Center for Dementia Research. So you can get a cool shirt. You can save some money. You can make a donation. It all works out well. VintageIceHockey.com. Go there today. Okay, so the big news. The Islanders actually made a trade this week, and they acquired New Jersey Devils captain defenseman Andy Green uh, for a second-round draft pick in 2021, which we'll talk about a lot more, and prospect David Quenville. Um, you know, Green is not an offensive player. <laughs> he has, I think, less than 50 goals scored in a 14-year career, but he's the exact kind of guy that, uh, Barry Trotz likes to play and he's got a lot of gas left in the tank. And if you watch the game today against the Coyotes, he looked pretty good out there. In fact, his point shot, like we said before, uh, ended up getting tipped by Anthony Beauvillier and was the Islanders own goal of the last week. Um, you know, I don't mind green. I think he's a good player. I, he's an arm restricted free agent at the end of the year. I actually believe it or not. He's first of all, 
he waived his no movement clause to come to the Islanders. Like that just never happens. That's crazy. The other time, the other thing is, I think he actually has a chance to stay. I feel like as a UFA, probably not a guy who wants to move around a lot, but you know, he can sign with the Islanders, move his family from Jersey to Long Island. He can keep his family in New Jersey and still play for the Islanders. So, I mean, I think there's a good chance he stays, um, but he fits right into the system that, that Barry Trotz wants to play. Does bump Noah Dobson back to seventh defenseman. Um, but, you know, with the playoffs on the line right now, they're going to go for those veterans every single time. And honestly, Andy Green, he's not that bad. Uh, so I wasn't too too bent out of shape about it. If uh, it was a type of trade that around the like NHL people were probably like, oh, my, like, what the hell? Like, so random. But if you have been paying attention to the Islanders and watching them, uh, obviously, it is kind of ironic that for a team that scored one goal in three games and can't score to save any of our lives, uh, they do go get a guy who, who hasn't scored in his entire career, basically. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a perfect fit. It's just like the type of rental move that will go under the radar. It's it and fills a need. Like these are team specific. It's a team specific need. I'm, I'm sure that people outside of the Islander kind of echo chamber don't realize how badly the Islanders needed a, a left, a left shot defenseman who could play on the penalty kill. Uh, he's, he's, he does everything that Adam Pellick does. He's just probably not as dynamic as Pellick is at those things right now, because Pellick is what, 26 or 25, maybe younger and green is 37. But like you said, he's got a ton of gas in the tank. And, and if you watch his game today, it was just so calm. Like he's just, he's, he's out there just like doing his thing. And his thing is basically, enjoying like swimming around on the ice and blocking shots and he's got he, he makes a really good pass i didn't realize that yeah. um it's it's definitely taking some getting used to to see uh him in an islander jersey or any non-devil's jersey because he's been there for so for so long and uh he is a uh also a you know josh bailey type or brock nelson where people it's he's a first last name guy every time it's andy green yep and it, it, i also thought I it was that funny story. that yeah, <laughs> that, that Butch had Butch had Brandon. No matter uh, Brandon, no matter when he was on the ice, they were uh, anything he did. They were like, "Oh, look at that little tip by Green to make, keep the play in the zone." They were they were definitely driving home the, the little things he does. Um, they were good. I mean, he, he had a great game. Almost, I think you probably call it a flawless game um, for his skill set. But uh, it was just funny because like that's that's the kind of guy he is. He's he's the type of guy that if he doesn't show up in the paper the next day. It means he did his job. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I I got it. Like you said, I mean, I think that uh, he's a guy who, you know, it's funny, too, because like people have been saying, I mean, he's this wasn't this didn't come out of the blue. Like his name has been kind of kicked around a little bit in connection with the Islanders. And I don't think anybody's surprised to see the Devils and Islanders make a trade. It's certainly not like the Devils and Rangers making a trade or the Rangers and Islanders making a trade. It's happened a lot in the past. And so uh, I, I do think he fits now. I know that a lot of people, or it seems like a lot of people anyway, got really upset that it was a second round pick, thinking that, oh my God, it's a second round pick. You're getting that number kind of in there. A couple of things. First of all, this is a second round pick for next year. Um, It's, to me, crazy to worry about a second round pick from a year out <laughs> like not not for this draft for the next draft if if you know who they're gonna who's some who's gonna get taken in the second round of a of a draft two years from now you must have some sort of mutant precognitive abilities or something that you really should use to better yourself or better the world maybe uh because that's a, an incredible skill to have i don't care and it's 
going to be five years from now before that guy, whoever is used with that pick, even sniffs the NHL. If five years from now that player is a good player and a regular for the Devils or somebody else, then I might be like, hmm, that's interesting. Oh, well, I guess they just, you know, they thought they needed Andy Green and it just had that's the way it goes. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I just I don't understand how people can can get very mad for a year and a half about a team not making trades and then they make one. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I can't believe you gave a second round pick. Who cares about the pick from five years from now? Like, it doesn't really make a difference. They did give up prospect David Quenville, a guy I was personally rooting for. He's a little five, eight defenseman was really pulling for him. But, you know, he, he's kind of bounced between the AHL and the ECHL for the last couple of years. He has some injury problems. I don't know if it's going to happen for him, but if it happens for him, hey, great. You know what? I think the Islanders could could uh, have other prospects there that that have a higher precedent uh, than David Quenville, unfortunately. But you know, I I do think it was it was a good trade to make, and I, I you know they were pretty leaky, and today they were not. Like they lost that game based on a, a bad bounce, and then uh, you know that that other goal that happened, I can't remember right now, but uh, you know they looked way better and way 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 more solid than they had before. And I forget who mentioned it, but it looked like, um, I think it was Brendan who basically mentioned that, you know, green slotted right into, like you said, that Adam Pellick spot right next to Ryan Pollock. And it went right back to kind of being where it was. So I think it's not a bad trade. Again, I think it, there's a chance he, he may stay and maybe open up a possibility of moving somebody else. I don't know, but he is 37. So if anything, mm-hmm. he stays and he ends up getting the Dennis, the Dennis Seidenberg, Lucas Pisa, <laughs> gold Gardner. watch trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, three years from now, Andy Green is going to be the uh, director of like youth development at, right, at yeah. IceWorks or something. Exactly. <laughs> so got, like know, the schools be... here are unbelievable. Nobody told me about the schools. Uh, <laughs> He's going to get for the, the schools in a few weeks. Yeah. The uh, the thing also, like we were like I was saying about um, the forwards, is what yeah, what it does is it just puts everyone into the role that Trotz wants them to be in. Um, which we've learned one thing we've learned uh, over uh, almost two seasons with him now is. He loves having guys in, with roles. Like everyone has a job. They're, you know, it's like a dog. Like he, dogs love to have that job. Like, oh, you want to put this weighted vest on me? I'll carry it down the block on a walk or something and, and pick up a stick. Like this is my job to pick up the stick and bring it back home. And and that's kind of like, you know, these – Trotz loves having guys in like these spots that like you're the checking line third winger. Or, uh, you're the, the top pair defenseman that's going to handle the, the – the their the te- other team's best offensive line, but kill penalties. Like Nick Letty was in that role, went all right for the first couple of games, but you could this was Letty was really good today. I thought um, he was rushing the puck up because he wasn't p- facing as tough opposition. Like he should he should be that's that's where you can use Nick Letty to the best of his abilities when he's facing uh, lesser uh, lesser forwards or or worse forwards than you know the top six. Like he's when he's facing the bottom six because he can beat them up the ice. Uh, they, they're probably not as, you know, shifty and as fast or dynamic to stay with him. So he had a really good game, uh, because he was kind of just unburdened with, with the Pellick role, uh, or the Taves role if Taves moved up to, uh, to Pellick's role or whatever. But so what he green does is he puts everyone where they're supposed to be, including himself. He's, he's Adam Pellick light. And I would have, if (laughs) I, I don't, I could I can't get mad about giving up a second round draft pick to do that, to fix, to fix a glaring need in a year where the Islanders have a chance to make the playoffs and maybe do, you know, go on a run because that's happened like four times in my life or five times in my life. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, yeah. Of course I will pay a second round pick a year from now. Like it's, it's, yeah. that means that in the other, like I was saying before about the, it, it's, it makes, it also shows that the Islanders are going to do something else 
uh, knock on wood, because they kept the this year's uh, second round pick and first round pick, or they they obviously are keeping more uh, capital to, to hopefully make another move. It obviously won't be Tyler Toffoli because uh, of that trade, but the, there's they still have um, bullets in the in the chamber for, to make another move in. Uh, this is hopefully just one of a couple, maybe two or three other moves that uh, oh, good God, make this team a little bit better. Just a little yeah. bit of skill. Actually, that, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Like by trading next year's pick, that leaves them with this year's pick, their full complement of picks this year. And uh, that gets us to another thing that happened just before the game. Cole Bardrow was placed on waivers for the, you know, to be sent down, back down to Bridgeport. He wasn't like placed on a plane and sent back to Connecticut, you know, from Arizona. He's still with the team, but. Um, that was kind of interesting, kind of came out of nowhere. Again, that they ended up playing Leo Komarov at center when they had a center right there. But uh, it does open up the possibility of of maybe something else happening. And Arthur Staple had an interesting tweet that kind of gets, you know, maybe some of the basics here. Um, placing ba- Barger on waivers could mean a few things. Uh, Isles need a roster spot to acquire someone. Isles are holding a roster spot in case they acquire someone. So maybe nothing is imminent, but you never know what could materialize. Or the Isles decided Barger wasn't the answer short term. Probably not the third one, but it definitely could be one of the first two. And he would have to clear uh, for that roster spot to, you know, mean something to them. So there is a possibility that maybe, you know, by the time uh, you're listening to this, uh, probably maybe Tuesday or even Wednesday, uh, something could have happened by then. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I think in the short term, it's not a bad uh, not a bad deal. And I'm not going to worry about the second round draft pick. I also saw some people saying like, you know, this team's not going to win anywhere. They need to blow it up, trade everybody. This is like stupid. Why, why do this? I just, and I just really need to say this right now. If you're, if that's what you're thinking, you need to stop because it's not going to happen. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but that is definitely not on the table right now. And I can tell you right now, not being an insider, I can tell you that for two, a few reasons. Number one, the owners aren't paying Barry Trotz, like four or whatever, $5 million a year, Lou Lamorello probably twice as much and shelling out a billion dollars for an arena in order to miss the playoffs on purpose. Like that's not why those guys are here. Like they're just not, this is an old team. Their, their window to open to win is right now and they need to make moves to win right now. Also, nobody wants the guys they got. Like their trades don't get made that often in the NHL. And it's not that those guys are bad players. Trades don't get made unless a guy is a UFA these days, basically. Uh, unless you're a team with like a billion dollars of free cap space, nobody's trading for guys on three, four, five, six, seven year contracts. Nobody, people are like, oh, they got to trade Lee. Who is going to take Anders Lee with seven years and seven million left on his contract? He's not, it's not that he's a bad player. He's a good player. Nobody's taking on guys with seven year contracts. It just ain't happening. This team's window is right now and they need to get better right now. Now, are they doing it fast enough for our liking? No, frankly, they aren't, but <laughs> they, they have time and they can get to that point where they are. A contender, they're close. They just need a lot of help, as we just spent twenty five yeah. minutes of saying. Um, but like you said, Tyler Toffoli is now off the table. He was traded just before we got on today to the Vancouver Canucks for a ton of stuff. I have a tweet here from Dave Pagnato, the fourth period. The Canucks get Toffoli. The LA Kings get left winger Tim Schaller, who is an NHL player uh, prospect. Tyler Madden, uh, a twenty twenty second round pick, so a second round pick from this year, and a twenty twenty two conditional fourth round pick. Okay, sure, Jim Benning, whatever you want, you know, fine. Um, so that's a lot to give up for Tyler Toffoli, who's going to be a UFA. I mean, maybe he stays in Vancouver, maybe he doesn't, but that's a lot. And as we said last week, the Islanders, unfortunately, aren't in a position to give up quite that much uh, for a guy like Toffoli. But boy, that's a lot, right? 
I feel, I mean, Tyler Toffoli's a nice player and all, but holy cow, that's a lot to four pieces. I mean, I guess a fourth round pick, who the hell cares? But still, like, geez, it's crazy. It's <laughs> he, uh, he actually would fit in perfect with the Islanders because he does a pretty good job of driving play, but he can't score. Like this year, all of a sudden, he just doesn't score anymore. Um, I think he's, he actually had um, a good game in that outdoor game, which right. snuck up on me. I, the NHL played an outdoor game the other night. No idea that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an unusually like under the radar <laughs> outdoor yeah. game. You're right, but uh, yeah, he uh, he would have yeah he would have made the, the Islanders a little bit better. But like you said, like it's the same thing with the Blake Coleman trade. Mm. Um, yes, if you don't think that Luke Lou Lamarillo said, "Hey, I'm already taking Andy Green from you guys," let me check in on this other guy and they were said all right well this is what we're asking for and then Lou was like well do you want mitch van to sample does how does that you know it's just not gonna it's the islanders aren't going to be able to to kind of get into bidding wars with other teams especially teams like the lightning and the canucks who who for different reasons have a lot to to give out like the canucks have just been bad the lightning have just been managed so unbelievably well that they can keep turning guys into assets like they did with JT Miller, who's been great with Vancouver, but he also brought back a first round pick that the the Lightning then turned into Blake Coleman. So uh you can see like if you if you're able to manage those assets, you can just sustain yourself and be very good for very long, uh, for a long time. Obviously you gotta get lucky and, and be able to draft guys like Nikita Kucherov in the seventh round and stuff like that. But uh it's just the Islanders aren't in that kind of position, which is the thing that's is scary about a player like Pajot and um and to Foley, to some extent, is that they they just weren't going to be able to um, match what what the Canucks got, for, uh, the Kings got from the Canucks. Which, yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It's not like a, a a wow package, but at the same time, like that's three three assets. The the uh, the, uh, the uh, Kings obviously wanted a young NHL player. Like who who do the who would the Islanders have to offer in that? Uh, realm like Kiefer Bellows, he's played three games. The the, the Kings aren't going to be like, oh no, definitely we'll take that guy. We scored against Michael like, it's Cole, not, who we just yeah. we just spent twenty five minutes talking about my how Michael Dalcol doesn't score, and he's a nice player, you know. So, <laughs> he yeah, does everything right. This guy does everything right. He he was everywhere tonight too. He, it's just so frustrating how I don't know. They got to send him to like Alexa Yashin or something and be like, can you just teach this guy how to shoot or something? I don't know what it is, but he's just there's got to be something to, to, that he, this guy can pick up because. He's going. He if he stays on this path, and now we're on a Michael Dalcol contender, but uh, he will. He, he's going to score like twenty goals one random season, uh, and just like beat like like do pull with Jason Blake and score forty goals or something uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> but yeah. it's just it's it, the Islanders just don't have the point is the Islanders just don't have the kind of sparkling uh, type of assets that 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 tick the boxes that these sellers want to be like to be able to to sell to their team like oh no sure we we we're selling this year but this guy's going to get a good NHL player he's going to be on our team next year so we're already we're already getting set for for October the Islanders just don't have guys like that so it's going to take uh you know the, the, as frustrating as people as frustrated as people get with Lamarillo like the guy is has been known to to pull some some rabbits out of a hat in in his days so you just kind of pray that maybe lose up to his old tricks and uh that, that, that's really all you can do there's nothing else there's yeah, really nothing absolutely. else you can you go um, for the other thing they don't have is a gm like jim benning who just throws out picks 
Like, it, like he doesn't care. I mean, he's traded a first rounder now. I totally forgot about JT Miller. Traded a first rounder. Now he's traded a second rounder. So the Canucks better make some noise in the playoffs because if they don't, they just kind of threw away their entire draft next year. So that might not work out in their, their favor, but we'll have to see. So, yeah, so the trade deadline is on Monday. Um, there's still time for the Islanders to do something for a lot of guys, you know, for a lot of teams to do something. Um, uh, JG Pajot is still out there, obviously. Um, you know, he's cooled off significantly from that hot start, but he's still a darn good player. And again, much like Andy Green, like we were saying, you know, would fit right in with, with this team. And, uh, you know, maybe you never know. He might want to stay after, after it's over. Um, the, uh, you know, Chris Kreider, yeah, he ain't coming to here, but he's another guy. As long as he doesn't go to Pittsburgh, uh, I think we'll all be happy about it. But uh, yeah, they're going to need to, Lamarillo is going to have to get creative because like you said, they don't have those kinds of assets. They don't have high draft picks. They don't really have like sort of high end prospects. Arthur Stable wrote in an article recently that, you know, one team was like the only guy we're interested in that they, that they have is Dobson. Well, Noah Dobson ain't getting traded. So it's, uh, you know, they're going to need to find something around that. And a lot of other guys are hurt and their AHL team stinks. So <laughs> I don't know how it's going to, what they're, what they're going to get. Um, but they need to do something because if they are going to have this same roster, you and I are probably going to talk. I think we already set up. We we're going to talk uh, probably next Monday hours after the trade deadline is over. And if it's still mostly this same team that we just saw lose three straight games on the road, um, there's going to be some problems and they're going to put a brave face on it and say, we like our team. We're going to take, you know, we're going to do this. The prices weren't right. We didn't find the right fit, blah, blah, blah. But that would mean that a lot of teams around them got better because I tell you right now, the flyers and blue jackets and hurricanes and penguins, well, they're not going to sit around and wait for the right fit. They're going to, tr- you know, go make some guys fit right. And as they often do. And so it's going to be highly disappointing, but we'll say that disappointment for when it actually happened. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we'll just have to see. Uh, it, it could go a lot of different ways. Andy Green is a start. And I don't want to, yeah. you know, as much as and, he did have a good game today and we do think he's a good fit, he is just a start. We want to make that very clear. Yeah, and he, he's Andy Green. He's uh, <laughs> he is exactly who, who who he sounds like and, and plays like. But, it, you know, as I was saying early in the episode, I really can't remember the last time the Islanders – went out and did that a true rental for in a, in a year where they were contending. Cause obviously they didn't do it last year. Um, I mean, they didn't do it. I don't think they did really did anything at the, the deadline for when they played the Panthers in the first round or uh, the Capitals. And uh, I mean, the, the names that keep popping in my head are Darren Van Imp in 2002 and <laughs> you know, like Yanni Ninema, uh, Richard yeah. Zednick, like those, kind, like th- those kind of players, like they, they, Guys, we were like, look, this guy's on the Islanders for 20 years, and in 10 years, we're going to be cracking up thinking about this guy playing for the Islanders. But uh, those kind of rep- rentals, obviously, they went through a stretch. Like, was Zed Nick, I think he got hurt, and then was like, yeah, I don't really want to play. And then when the Islanders made the playoffs, he was like, all right, I'll come back and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, then and Car- Alex Karpitsev, who mm-hmm. uh, that he he didn't want to come to the Islanders, and mm-hmm. I don't he think he played like two games, was like, screw this. And even though they were in a playoff year, and and that trade that they the, the, the pick that they traded for him actually turned into Nicholas Jarmelson. So mm. that was good. Um, so, I mean, obviously they've, they've had a bad history with it, but at the same time, like it, it just is so rare that it happens. So excuse us for getting very excited. Uh, <laughs> I was super excited to see Andy green. Like I yeah. was, I was giddy. I was like, yes, Andy green is going to be playing for the Islanders today. That shouldn't I, be exciting, but it, but it is. 
I tweeted a little about this before. I was seeing Sonic the Hedgehog with my daughter. Very good movie, by the way. I was not disappointed. I got to tell you, I, I've been a very, I, you know, I've been a fan of Sonic since 1991, since that guy first showed up. And I got to tell you, I was not disappointed by that film. It was good. It was fun. Some some laugh out loud moments. Uh, and it sets up like this whole sort of Sega cinematic universe that I can't wait for. I really hope that they, they make this happen. Golden Axe, Streets of Rage. You know, Space Harrier, the whole thing. I want to see it all. But anyway, I'm sitting there and we're we're waiting, you know, watching the credits. And I look at my phone and I'm like, what? And uh, sure enough, Andy, I'm like, wow, OK, sure. And I was like, yeah, that's fine by me. And then I got home and realized that people were very, very upset about a second round pick being treated. And I was like, oh, that's very strange. But uh, yeah, so we're just going to have to see. Um, as far as the um, the rest of the deadline goes, um, you know, again, we're who else might be available? Thomas Tatar seems to be kind of have one foot out the door uh, in Montreal. I don't know. I still that guy. Some guys are just too up and down for me. I don't really like it. Uh, the Panthers are still hanging around. They had a huge win today against the Sharks. So I don't think Mike Hoffman's going anywhere. Em- Elliot Friedman floated Vinny Trocek earlier Saturday at the headline segment. My radar immediately went up because, man, who would be more perfect for this Islanders team than Vinny Trocek? throw them in the third line center. And you talk about everybody filtering in wherever they need to be. That would be my guy. I'd rather have him than, than Paggio, to be honest with you. He's also got some time left on his, his uh, current contract. But again, as long as they're hanging around, that's not going to happen. Um, the devils, you know, Coleman would have been my guy, but the, the lightning did give up a lot to get him. Uh, uh, Kyle Palmieri is still available. Another UFA. Wouldn't be surprised if, if Lou made two, two deals with the, uh, the devils in the same week, but you know, we'll have to see Uh PK Subban has also been floated out there. Uh, that's probably not going to happen either. So um, there's a lot out there. Buffalo is probably falling apart. I don't know who was on that team that anybody wants, but <laughs> Zach Bogosian <laughs> has been suspended because they, they put him on waivers. He doesn't want to go play in Rochester. And so they're like, well, you can wait until we find a place where I don't know where they're going to send him. Winnipeg is, is basically out of it at this point. Um, you know, Kyle Connor's name was out there for a while, but that can't be right. I, I'm not buying that for one second. It seems like somebody <laughs> pulling something out of their ass. So, so there's a chance that some big names could have could move by this time next week. Uh, but uh, you know, again, if the Islanders are on the sidelines for this, it's going to be bad news. If they make some moves and uh, and augment what what is, we should not forget the Islanders are a good team. Like you don't get to this point without being pretty right. good. They need to be better, and I think we could all agree that they are good. They need to be better. The- they're a good team despite not having many good players. That's, and that's, <laughs> that's, I think that's the point of like, oh, no, the window is now because I think people outside of uh, the organization don't realize and uh, just just how old this team is. Like this is right. this is a veteran team because I think when they're like, oh, Tavares left, so they're going to bl- blow it up and start anew, and they're they're building around this young guy Barzell. Um, no, that's not the case. The Islanders are. Uh, team full of you know 27 to 35 year olds and now 37 year olds so uh they need to if they wanted to if they want brock nelson and johnny boychuk to to go on a run together it's going to have to happen soon um which is another reason why i was a little surprised last year that they didn't do anything because like it was kind of a similar situation with the you know you know you never know how how long your window to win is going to stay open and now that they're in it again you got to be like all right this, if we didn't do anything last year, you can't just be Andy Green and uh, give these guys like give these guys some help, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it comes through because I I can't I can't deal with this. And the the, the other good the, the good news is that so they play, they do play the Avalanche, and then they got the Red Wings and Sharks um, coming up 
at the Coliseum, the Tonelli game is the is Friday against the Wings, right? Yeah. So, yes. so I mean, you hope you just hope that maybe they steal two points from Colorado, and all of a sudden, when we're talking on Monday, um, you know, please bossy be be with us that we're talking about a three game winning streak following this three game losing streak. But uh, it's just it's it, I don't know. I, I just it's hard to uh, it's hard to be confident in that just because they are. Uh, they scored one goal in three games. That's probably yeah. It's yeah. It's a, a drought of epic proportions. But that that's a great segue to uh, to talk about the upcoming schedule. Yeah, like you said, Colorado Wednesday. Uh, it's a 10 p.m. start uh, for us here on the East Coast. Uh, Friday against the Red Wings. It is John Tinelli night. It is the Red Wings. They need to win that game. You cannot lose. <laughs> I mean, you can't. You really shouldn't have lost today's game or really any of the other two games. But they did. So there's nothing we could do about it. But you got to win that game. And then Sunday, 5 o'clock uh, against the Sharks. So that's a weird start time. Both of those games at the Coliseum, by the way, um, as is the Rangers game on Tuesday after the, the deadline. But again, we'll, we'll probably have an episode on Monday. Um, so, you know, yeah, they have a chance here to to collect a bunch of points and get right back into it. I mean, we talked last time, you know, th- those two huge wins against the Caps and Flyers, you know, that, that created this cushion that – made it easy for us to breathe and okay, fine. Now we can, we can move on. That cushion is now more or less gone away. In fact, tomorrow night, I think, I believe the flyers are playing the blue jackets tomorrow. So you got to root hard for Philly. Yeah. Philly in regulation, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Philly in it. regulation, just to keep the, the blue jackets from gaining any, uh, you know, if the flyers gain a little, that's okay. But right now they can't. So, um, but there's a chance, I mean, that the Islanders could be out of the playoff, you know, under the playoff line come this time tomorrow night. So that would be a problem. And they need to step up and get somebody in here that, uh, you know, can make a difference. So there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, t- uh, Friday, February 21st, John Tonelli night. I got a whole uh, article ready to go on the greatness of Tonelli and why I called him Islanders Batman. That's all I'm saying right now. Uh, so uh, there you go. Um, yeah, that's that. I mean, we've. I think we've said it like, you know, they made a trade. Yeah. They need to make more trades. That's the end of the story, basically. It's yeah. yeah, it's 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 so funny too. So Lou Lamarillo has made two trades now as an Islander, and he's he's acquired an ex-Islander and then a guy that he made uh, that he signed for the Devils. So uh, I I would like to see him um, for, for his third act, maybe step outside of this little comfort zone and and go go take a swing at, at someone and you know take a take a little bit of a risk because I. People brought this up a lot last year, and they're not doing it as much at this trade deadline. Um, anytime the Islanders were mentioned, they were they were supposed to be a big player, and, and and I guess they were. You know, they were in for Stone and Panarin and Matt Duchesne and whatnot. But um, people kept mentioning, you know, Lou's not young, uh, so this is his last last crack at you know running for a Stanley Cup. So you'd hope. I haven't heard anyone really mention that again this year, but. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping he's he, get a little selfish, Lou. Like, go for it, buddy. Like, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll just take a shot and and go really go for it. Um, because uh, we'll we'll be right there. Like, I mean, who? I would love I would love if he you know pulls something crazy and uh, we're the ones to you know. It, it obviously didn't turn out well, but like those Vanek Ryan Smith kind of deals, and people <laughs> people always poo poo him now because you know you're not supposed to trade assets, but you know, mm. it's yeah. sports is supposed to be fun, and what's more fun than when the Islanders made Ryan Smith cry. 
Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a seminal moment in Islanders history. Actually, you know, that's kind of funny. I meant to mention this before when we were talking about Toffoli real quick. I love how no everybody's like, oh, you know, the Islanders and Rangers can't make a trade. I mean, I just said it before. Islanders and Devils, you know, it happens a lot. But, you know, the Leafs and Canadians, well, they make a trade or the Leafs and, you know, even though they have and the Leafs and Senators have. But, like, nobody ever says that about the Pacific Division. Like, how many trades have gone down between the Canucks and Kings, <laughs> the Canucks and Ducks, the Kings and Ducks, the Kings and Sharks? Like, the whole division is constantly trading with each other. Nobody ever says anything about it. That's fine. That was, That's the, fine. Creepiest, that was the creepiest thing about the Battle of Alberta drama was that yeah. half those guys played for the Oilers last year and the other half played for the Flames. Yeah, right? Like, the goalies were the same. They just run different teams. James mm. Neal, like, it's, yeah. I, I don't – It It only I totally works for get, us. I, yeah. I, I mean, because, look, if – Flyers and Penguins up, make uh, a trade? No way. Kings and Sharks? <laughs> well, who cares, you know? <laughs> I would anyway. I would give up so much. I would cut off my leg to get Chris Kreider on this team. Good God. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could root for him. I, I prepared myself to root for Brian Boyle if I had to because I thought he would have been a pretty good pickup in the summer. But Kreider might be a bridge too far for me. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 just I, um, we're at that point now. I, I hate him. I hate him so much. But <laughs> yeah, no. uh, it, I mean, that's, it is funny, too. The de- how the, it's just such a enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing with the devils and Islanders that, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I don't think I've ever hated a devil. I maybe hated Marty Burdor because the Islanders couldn't beat the devils. It seemed like forever, but it's just, yeah. Andy yeah. Green comes over. I'm like, they're kind of like the Islanders. Like they're, they're like our, sometimes yeah. <laughs> we're good. And when we're not good, they're good. And we just kind of both don't want these other guys to win. So it's fine. Mm. Claude Lemieux, I think, was the only devil I think yeah. most people probably hated. But everybody else you know, had a lot of there was like respect there. Like you might not have liked Scott Stevens because he was a he <clears> was a you know a monster out there, but he you had respect for him. <laughs> you had to have respect for him because he was just so damn good. You know? I speaking of Claude's, I had a I had a dream last night that the Islanders traded for Claude Giroux and I was sent to go get him. Um yeah. and, and it was really hard. Like none of the players. Him up with your car? Yeah, like they were like, you got to oh, go wow. get. You got, I had to go into like this locker room to get him and him and uh, a bunch of the flyers. I don't even know if they were real flyers, but people in my dream they were watching uh, his his greatest highlights and they were all really upset that he was getting traded to the Islanders. And I was like, we got to go, man. We got a game in like thirty minutes, and we really need you. Wow. Yeah. This I want to say this might be prophetic. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, the the Philly media has been trying to trade Claude Giroux for about ten years now, so. This might happen. I don't know. I'm, oh, now I'm interested to see how this happens. That's amazing. All right. Hope everybody remembered remembered that. You heard it here first. Wow. Mike's Mike's dream. <laughs> Claude Giroux dream. Weird. Uh, okay. Well, that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, real quick. Um, uh, I thought about the, the Andy Green trade. Made me think of, immediately of uh, he was an Islander for this week. He's not a guy we've ever talked about before because he played for the Islanders before either of us was born. But this is a name that I remembered. I looked him up and sure enough, he did play for the Islanders back in 72, 73. And as the Islanders have acquired Andy Green in 2020, they used to have defenseman Arnie Brown, who played for them in in their first year. He was acquired just before they played uh, their first game. Uh, It was acquired from the Red Wings. And then he was traded in February of that year to their expansion cousins, the Atlanta Flames. So he played, was it 48 games for the Islanders? Yes, 48 games, four goals, eight assists, uh, and then he was shipped off to Atlanta. So there you go. Arnie, Arnie Brown, Brown. From Arnie Brown to Andy Green. <laughs> Amazing. He was Arnie Brown was an Islander. See, you didn't know that. Not no, either. I did not know that. That's great. That's a great name, too. Good God. <laughs> Arnie yeah. Brown. Yeah. Arnie Brown. Uh, he was from Oshawa. Not from not from Michigan, as Andy Green is, but he's from Oshawa. So there you go. I, I couldn't feel uh, okay. life of me. I was trying to remember. I was like, I'm pretty sure this guy's American, and, and I want to say that he was, for the longest time, 
I was like, he's definitely a Minnesota guy. But then I realized mm-hmm. that if he was a Minnesota guy, the broadcast would be like, oh, like, you know, he's another Minnesota guy with Lee and Letty and Nelson. <laughs> and like, look, yeah, his, no. but Mich- Michigan guy like Doug Waite, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, I, I guess uh, Massachusetts, but I was wrong. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize he was undrafted. He was an uh, NCAA free agent signed by the Devils. So there you go. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, it sounds it's a very Lou Lamarillo thing to, to, <laughs> to sign a guy out of out of the NCAA and have him play for you for 14 years <laughs> and be the captain. Too. It's the most Lou Lamarillo thing ever. Uh, okay, uh, uh, so yeah, we, we left it all out on the ice today. I think this yeah. this was uh, it was a lot of emotions in this one. Uh, so real quick, uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up to date Islanders news and discussion. Subscribe to our podcasts. Follow us uh, on Twitter at, at LHH Podcast. You can get all of the podcast updates. Uh, follow Dom at, at LH Hockey. Um, you should um, be ready this week. We're going to have a PTIL soon. There's going to be another Lighthouse look back this week, and we're going to have a new uh, uh, My Favorite Islanders game. If you have not called yet and you want to share your favorite Islanders game story with us, the number is 646 980 eight eight five seven there's still time to call there's always time to call because we always need calls six four six nine eight zero eight eight five seven call and tell us what's your favorite game and i don't mean like favorite game like oh this was a great time i mean something memorable to you you went there with a a person who was special to you or this weird thing happened or it was your birthday or whatever i just want to hear about it because that's what the show is all about so please call us six four six nine eight zero eight eight five seven um yeah tell everybody your twitter handle it's the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Uh, you could also uh, get his uh, betting advice uh, from his Action Network posts. You could read them there and uh, maybe make a little money too uh, on the Islanders, uh, which would be probably a first for somebody because <laughs> I don't think they've ever won anybody any money. But uh, right. uh, but yeah, you should follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. You can follow me at Culture of Losing. Uh, Do we miss anything? I don't think so. I think we're ready for hopefully what's a historic week. Yes, we're ready, but also we're never ready. So there you <laughs> go. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back to you after the trade deadline. So everybody, hang on, because it's going to get wild. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.